Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 277 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we have a special guest co-host. Our long-lost bro, Mookie Alexander, is back. We are going to look at UFC 297. We're going to look back at UFC uh, Vegas 84. We are going to make our champions picks, and we're going to look back on Mookie's stellar year where he smoked both me and Victor. But first, Mookie, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm having to keep warm because uh, I greatly underestimated how serious this little uh, wind slash ice slash snowstorm would be in the Portland area. I remember last Friday I went to get groceries thinking I'm doing a normal grocery trip and then everybody else is just preparing for Armageddon. Then Saturday rolls around and it is just it's blizzard like, except it's not heavy snow. And as we're recording this, we got an ice storm to deal with uh, for the rest of this afternoon into Wednesday morning. But once that ordeal is done, I think we can see it to the other side. So I'm hoping I don't even lose power through this recording. But I'm, I'm just glad uh, that I've been safe and people I know have been safe throughout the storm. And I'm glad that you two have also been safe because you're dealing with your own storms. Yeah, we sure are. Vic, how are you? I'm good. I mean, I just had to do the bare minimum of driving, I don't know, 10, 15 miles slower per hour on the highway to get to work in the morning and then do the same on the way back. Wasn't that bad. Um, Very surprised that there was no salting or plowing or anything that early in the morning. But yeah, Pennsylvania is a drag when it comes to this sort of stuff, man. I, I thought we'd make it through relatively unscathed. We wouldn't have this much for the season. Nope, barely we're expecting more, but it's it's fine. We're managing, you know, and, and as long as we're able to keep our head above water, we're going to be great. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick look back at Magomed Ankalaya versus Johnny Walker 2, UFC Vegas 84 card, UFC Fight Night 9 million, whatever it was. But we, it was a pretty good start to the new year. I mean, the card was pretty good on paper. It delivered in practice. There were lots of good fights on it. Lots of people that surprised me. I was happy to see Nicholas Mata turn his fortunes around. I went to pick him on the staff picks and I convinced myself after listening to Zane and uh, Connor talk about Tom Nolan, I convinced myself that Nicholas Mata couldn't do it. So I went back in and I changed my pick to Tom Nolan. And I wish I had stuck to my guns because Mm. Nicholas Mata did the damn thing, got the knockout just 63 seconds in. Uh, Gentlemen, what did you think? Mookie, I'll start with you. 
Well, I didn't catch this card live because I was covering uh, the NFL playoffs for SB Nation nationally. But oh, you, you I, mean a real sport? Okay, that must be yeah, nice. I was, I was able to cover a real sport. <laughs> My team didn't make the playoffs, so I, I get to cover other teams for a bit. Um, but I did catch both this and then Arthur Betterbio's masterclass against uh, Callum Smith. Uh, I started, I tuned into this card with that god-awful Cortez Arlovsky fight. Like, oh, please God. stop putting, mm-hmm. stop putting Cortez on the main card. He's not good to watch. Mm-mm. And Arlovsky is like way beyond like mm-hmm. unenjoyable to watch these days. He used to be really fun, but this is not, it's not good. But uh, the Bruno Ferreira demolition of Phil Haas, I'm, I'm leaning towards like forced retirement for Haas because mm-hmm. these knockouts that he's suffering are like super scary. Yep. It, yeah. It's like anytime he gets hit hard, he, he is gone. And that was a late stoppage, too, because he was done on the knockdown. And oh, God. The, the follow-up shots are unnecessary. I am beaming because my Mario Bautista over Ricky Simone pick paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Ricky Simone a lot, but I didn't like how he performed against Song Yadong. Mm-hmm. And that kind of played into my mind that Bautista has been very quietly um, on a good run. He's won now, what, six in a row? Uh, yeah. I yeah. mean, he, he's, he's been he's absolutely tearing it up. And don't forget, he made his debut um, against Corey Sandhag. I mean, that's uh-huh. a tough draw. He's always been an exciting fighter, but that's probably the most composed I think he's been uh, throughout an, an, an entire fight against an opponent that high level. So he's one to watch in this division. Jim Miller, yes, I, mm. I love it. I tell you what, how have we never had Jim Miller, Paul Felder? I know they're talking about Felder coming out of retirement to fight Jim Miller. How do we not ever have that fight when they were both like regularly active fighters? Right. That's mm-hmm. that's a terrific fight to make. But the other call out he did was a good call out, too, even though it is up at welterweight against Matt Brown. Matt Brown is loving the idea. Jim Miller is loving the idea. I just hope we get Jim Miller on UFC 300. Somebody mentioned the cut under his eye. And I think three months is plenty of time for that to heal up. What say no, you? Just, just put some Tussin on it and it'll be fine. <laughs> and, and then um, Johnny Walker, I, I swear he is part human being and part cartoon character because mm-hmm. there are few in this business that get knocked out as comically as he does. Mm-hmm. And the, the, he, he has that like early rock star physics <laughs> when he gets hit, like like yeah. GTA 4 physics or Red Dead Redemption physics. Yeah. Oh I mean, Uncle yes. just drilled him. And then the follow-up punch on the ground, I mean, it, it, he was grabbing his nose right away. I assume he broke it because, I mean, he just looked like he was way out of it. So I think that's a wrap on Johnny Walker ever being a real contender. He probably wasn't in the first place. But Ankalaev, he probably should have been the champion already yeah. because I thought he got jobbed in the Blahovic fight. Yeah. And then the Walker first Walker fight was weird, and now he's got the rematch win. I think he deserves a, the, the the crack at the belt now. See another crack at the belt. And that right there is what I want to talk about here in just a moment. But first, uh, can we discuss Jean Silva defeating Weston Wilson? Talk about a guy that had a spectacular debut and ruined it with his antics, made everyone hate him right on the spot. How how many times was he knocked out in that fight? I, I mean, to me, it felt like he was knocked out a, a good handful of times. There were some moments where if that been, if had that fight been stopped, I would not have blamed the ref whatsoever. Yeah. I missed that bit. What what did he do afterward? Because I know he's the one that had the glasses on that was barking and screaming and just being a complete idiot. 
Oh, goodness. That's him. Uh, That's John Silva. He he slept Weston Wilson. I mean, just starched the shit out of him. But his post-fight antics and the, the pre-fight antics, it literally took him four minutes to get to the cage in the apex because they were literally inching along so that he could hype up the 12 people in the crowd. Yes, that guy. So annoying. Well, I guess if you're going to behave like that, you might as well do it in front of no. You might as well do it in front of a crowd so you can get a, a, a hating base or a loving base than doing it in front of no real audience. I mean, the knockout was cool. Like Wilson got knocked out like 80 times in in that first round, and I like Mark Goddard, but he he kind of was a little too lenient there. Yeah, for and sure. He he did not he didn't need to wait until he actually fell over. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to point out is how good Marcus McGee is and how very, um, I love his attitude. Let's, let's just say that I really love his very, uh, he's, he's so even keeled and he, he's so respectful. I don't know. I, it's, it's a refreshing change from what we normally get from these guys. So I, I like that, especially considering how violent he is in the cage. His, his YouTube channel is a bit of a hoot. He's a uh, he's big into making stoner food because my man smoke a lot of weed, oh. and he's uh now he's 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 cool, man. He's he's um he's got a really nice kind of chill personality and all that. So it's pretty dope. I like that. I, I loved his post fight speech. I just I think he's uh he, he's somebody to watch and somebody worth watching outside of the cage too so yep i like him a lot so uh i'm I'm going to andre arlovsky for a moment is it me or does he quit about three quarters of the way into round one it just seems like he quits trying and is basically just in there to survive the rounds well i know i almost quit watching (laughs) So, it was, and the and the thing is, like Waldo's Waldo is not a good fighter. He, no. he swings everything. He has no tightness to his form whatsoever. But Arlovski, being forty four years old, and he's kind of he was survival mode, and he doesn't really have the power to finish people. His last knockout was when Obama was still president. Yeah. So that it was the Travis Brown fight, and we're approaching nine years since that last happened. So. It, Whenever the UFC hypes up Arlovsky as a former UFC heavyweight champion, yes, they're correct. But that's also like six presidents ago, yeah. presidential terms ago. So I, I am amazed at the contract that he he's, he he keeps getting. Yeah. He must be one of the highest paid fighters on the roster yep. because he was getting paid pretty well the last time I remember his reported payouts. And he's not even fighting ranked dudes anymore. At least, you know, he was fighting in Ganu and some other top dudes a few years back. But now he's just fighting nondescript opponents and, and making bank. And that's kind of incredible considering when he left the UFC initially and ended up in affliction. Yeah. When he left the UFC initially, man, that was acrimonious as all get out. So to see this turnaround, just to see him back in the UFC after their fallout, that that was something. But yeah, I'm completely done with Arlovsky. I wish they would just cut him and let some fresh guys come in because, man, I'm sick to death of him. All right. So. Our standings for this year right now, Mookie's in the lead. He scored three and one because he picked Mario Bautista. I went two and two and Victor went two and two. 
So that's where we're standing right now for 2024. But I want to go back to 2023 for a moment because when the tallies are all said and done, including our New Year's picks, uh, Mookie and I tied for first with two and ten on our on our um our New Year picks last year. And Victor, you were one and eleven. So the total standings for the year, Mookie just took off with it like by an entire card and then some for me so he was in the lead with 127 74 and 2 and that is after the new year's picks go in uh victor was behind him at 119 86 and 2 and i was behind victor at 113 91 and 2 so hopefully this is a better year for me because man i stunk up the joint last year <laughs> so we first are going to pick our champions so let me just pull something up here all right um I have my little listy. Uh, sorry, I'm typing our names right now so that we can we can have our our picks going. So Mookie, start at heavyweight and tell me who's going to be the champion. If if our champ is going to be a champion. Well, first of all, um, how are we three and one and two and two and two? Because we picked four fights, right? And oh, one I'm of those sorry. fights didn't happen. Just because Manel Cop gets his fights canceled every other it's every other week doesn't one. mean that it's a loss for all of us. Yes. I went undefeated and you only got got one wrong. So right. three and oh, two and one, two and one. Right. If, that is if anything, Manel Cop is the loser because he is going <laughs> yeah. his his opponent, if it's not his opponent's falling out for whatever reason, it's him and his terrible weight cuts. See. This yeah, is why I, you're I, here this early in the year. Just, <laughs> keep yeah. me in line. All right. So um First off, heavyweight. We've got John Jones in there. Will he be the champ next year? Okay. But by next year, I assume you mean December 31st, 2024, whenever the USC has their last event. Exactly. Um, this is a loaded question because I don't know John Jones fights at all this year. Mm -hmm. He should because his, his surgery shouldn't keep him out for the whole year. And he actually went the whole of 2023 without getting arrested or failing a drug test. So that is a major win in itself. <laughs> um, but 2024... Another year older. What did he have? A, a torn labrum or a torn uh, pec? Uh, tw I thought it was a torn labrum, but he also just had an elbow surgery too. Right. Yeah. He just he managed. He, I think it was one of those uh, two birds with one stone situations. Well, the the uh, elbow situation though is something that's been long standing, and right. that he's wanted to have surgery on it for a couple of years, and he finally just you know bit the bullet and did it. But the labrum mm -hmm. was from a training incident. So, so in general, he, he should be good to go at some point this year, but they seem insistent on the Stipe fight. Right. And look, that Stipe fight would have been cool five years ago, but Stipe hasn't fought in forever. And uh, that fight doesn't intrigue me at all. And, and Jones can talk about legacy all he wants. Beating 2024 20, Stipe Miocic ain't going to do shit for his legacy other than just it, it's <laughs> in, it's in the name. He's beaten Stipe Miocic, but like it's not prime Stipe. Yeah. If if Jones were to fight Aspinall, I think it would be a genuinely compelling fight. And I think Jones could win. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Tom Aspinall and I've been high on him basically since he, he mm -hmm. got into the UFC. I really think that either Jones gets stripped of the belt for inactivity or Aspinall actually beats him. 
I think Tom is that good, and he's going to put up a lot more resistance than whatever the hell Cyril Gaon did last year. Wait, you uh, think Aspinall's going to fight him after Stipe in the same year? I think he's got a chance to. Like, if he fights in, say, May or June, and then they fight in, in, in the wintertime or something, that can happen if we can get Jones in the cage twice this year. But, yeah, that that's my whole line of thinking, that Jones will eventually fight Aspinall in 2024, and he will lose to him. If Jones fights Stipe, Jones wins, and I don't think it's close. But then he'll fight Aspinall and, uh, and end up finally losing uh, without disqualification for the first time in his career. Okay, so you think Aspinall will be the champ. All right. Okay, uh, Victor. I think that if Jones, number one, if he does fight again this year, which, yeah, sure, most likely, right? He's probably going to fight Stipe. And if he does, and especially if he wins, I don't think he fights again. He wants his feather in his cap, and I think that the reason they're moving forward is maybe, just maybe, they might be contractually obligated to. They've already sorted this out. They don't want to change plans, and it probably makes everybody happy. Maybe Stipe is getting a really good payday out of this, too. Maybe they both retire. Who knows? However, I'm still wondering what would happen, and I think this is a very good possibility. Jones recovers after all these, you know, the surgeries and everything. He comes back, and maybe Stipe is the one who doesn't make it. Well, then he's going to have to fight Tom, and if that's the case, He's not getting past Tom. And even in the Stipe matchup, I don't know that I, I is it really a guarantee that Jones can win? Have I'm you not seen really Stipe sure. walk lately? I the man have, looks which like he's things, got a double knee replacement going on. Which is super weird, right? Because like, okay, John Jones was a heavyweight belt against Cyril Gaon, but then look at the version of Gaon that he fought. Not very impressive in that respect. And then if he goes on and he fights and he wins against Stipe, well, yeah, but then look at the version of Stipe that a guy who hasn't fought in what, three years? And when was the last time he fought? You remember what happened? I know Stipe doesn't. That's exactly my whole thing with this whole situation. So um, all that being said, I think Stipe is probably wily enough to pull it off. I I, I don't think that uh, anything is going to really matter because neither one of these guys is the real champ. The real champ is fighting Anthony Joshua. Again, That's now we're moving further far afield. Um, I think it's just going to be Tom Aspinall no matter what. It doesn't really matter. He'll fight either Jones or Stipe or whoever. He's still not going to lose from here on in. So I'm very comfortable in saying that. And this is the guy who said that last year <laughs> predicted Curtis Blades would be the guy holding the belt. And yet, look. Okay, so I'm picking Jones because... One, I think he beats Stipe, uh, but two, he won't fight again this year because he doesn't do that anymore. He just took three years off. He fights Cyril Gaon and then immediately has an injury in training because maybe he needs this extra time to prepare. I don't know, but he's probably looking at Aspinall and he's probably thinking, you know, I don't want to take that risk, at least not this year. So he's going to milk it for all he can. Hang on to that belt. I don't think so. Jones still holds the belt. All right, moving right along here. Who's going to have that light heavyweight belt? Make your pick now and be quick because we've got a lot of champs to get through and then a UFC 297 card. You know, because I've been out of this business for a year and a half or thereabouts, I don't look at the rankings all the time. And I had to pull it up before we started recording this. How is Anthony Smith? Anthony Smith is still number 10. I know. It's so <laughs> weird. He, he looked twice cooked against Roundtree. Like, my God, this division is so bad. Um, I think Pereira um, 
absolutely could beat Ankalaev if they do fight, but it's in a styles make fights world. I feel like Ankalaev could be a serious Tessa Pereira's wrestling in ways that uh, he'd be able to to, to win, uh, win the title. So I think Pereira's going to lose his belt. Ankalaev will get it. And then Prohaska will fight Ankalaev, and Prohaska is going to get that belt back. I don't know how long Jamal Hill is going to be out, and his injury seems super serious, but I think my boy Yuri is going to be back on top of the light heavyweight division by the end of the year. Victor. I'm inclined to agree, especially since Hill, there is no timetable for his return. He might not be back at all this year. And even if he does and he were to fight Alex, for example, I'm not super confident that he'd do as well there. You know, I just don't really buy that. But Yuri's got his bag of tricks, and I would hope that he'd make a a good enough recovery that he'd be able to have a very, very good match here. So I'm going to go with Yuri. I'm going with Ankalaev. I like that he went and he called out... Uh, for his title shot basically said I'm more deserving than Jamal Hill so I need y'all to pick me and I think the UFC is going to look at that they're probably looking at the fact that Jamal Hill is not a draw they keep trotting him out to all these events and he gets no crowd pop when they pan over to him at all have y'all noticed that like nobody gives a shit that Jamal Hill is in the audience. He, I mean, everything he does doesn't seem like it matters. It doesn't draw a whole heck of a lot of eyes. Even his little beef with Ariel Helwani just basically died on the vine. So I'm thinking that UFC might just skip right over him and give it to Ankalaev. So I think if Ankalaev and Prohaska fight, because I think Prohaska will beat what's-his-face Rakic, but Ankalaev, I'm sorry, I think Ankalaev beats Yuri Prohaska. So I'm going to go with Ankalaev here. Now let's get to middleweight. Who's going to have the strap at the end of the year? Mookie. Shut this division down, please. <laughs> just, just like 205. Like 185 is worse because Whitaker is just going to hang around in the top five, mm-hmm. even though he's now been beaten by Adesanya twice and that Duplessis fight, he just got demolished. Mm-hmm. And then like Brendan Allen is like the one dude I, I have high hopes for that he can really be a, a title challenger at some point. But Hamza train got to be subsided a bit with the way he, he gassed against Usman and his game is not nearly as expansive as is realized. So and he's sick all the time. Jesus Christ. His latest thing looks like he's got the fucking measles. Yeah. Him and Bolsonaro are having a competition to see how many. Times <laughs> I, I'm going to give away my 297 pick and I don't think that Strickland's going to keep the belt. And that means Duplessis probably fights Adesanya when Adesanya is ready to return uh, to the cage. And, I just can't envision a world where Duplessis is a, not just the middleweight champion. Well, I can envision him being the middleweight champion. I think he, he will win this weekend. But him having multiple title defenses, that part I just can't fathom. I think Adesanya, with some time off, and hopefully he stays away from the drink, um, that he, he can get the belt off of Duplessis by the end of the year. And uh, Izzy will be back on top. Victor. I fully agree. Okay. That's it. I got nothing else. I I agree with that completely. I don't. I, I don't. Look, Drick has fought really smart against Rob. I don't know if he's got those same tricks or that same versatility. And I don't think Adesanya is uh, going to be that careless this time. I disagree. I think DDP is uh, going to be the champ, and I think he'll be the champ uh, at, by the end of the year too. 
I think Adesanya, um, first of all, I think he took he he takes each fight at what he considers face value. Like the way that he went in against Strickland, you know, I mean, that was pretty bad. He looked bad technique wise. He didn't look himself. And so even with time off, you've got to wonder what his confidence is looking like because in three fights, he was slept twice. So I don't know. I just feel like, uh, Adesanya's time is done. I'm going to stick with DDP. Um, and, and I hate that pick too, by the way. Not a fan at all. But, you know, if we're weighing this out, how I see it's going to go, I think it's going to be Duplessis. All right, let's get to welterweight. Mookie, what do you see? I see Leon fighting Bilal Muhammad eventually. If that's, the, if that's anywhere near the top of the UFC 300 order, then... Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that better be like the that better be the first uh, not, not even a co-feature, but I think Edwards would beat Bilal, and I think Muhammad is an outstanding fighter, and he gets underrated and underappreciated because he's always not always the most exciting guy to watch. But as a personality, I enjoy him. Um, I think Edwards will win, but you got to face Shafkat eventually, mm-hmm. and Rachmanov is going to be my dude to uh, to win the welterweight title. I think I even said the last time I was on that Rachmanov because he fought on the um, on the Covington Edwards undercard, right, against Wonderboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and he submitted it. I think Rachmanov is is the, the the champion in waiting, and he will take the belt off of Leon Edwards um, by the end of the year, and it's going to be a, a hell of a time trying to get that belt off of Shafkat as well because this division isn't exactly filled with contenders you got ian gary and della madalena but like they're, they're not too many dudes maybe sean brady they're not a lot of of viable challenges i think for ed welterweight right now victor yeah this this is this is a division going through some rough transition but that is that is a very very big and bright silver lining with shavkat um i do think that edwards is uh, gonna have to fight below this year and it'll i i think it's gonna be a much better fight than a lot of people would anticipate close but i think edwards keeps it and then as far as rachmanov ah, shit you know what i think leon probably defends that one and, and keeps it too nope i'm gonna go crazy on it i think so <laughs> For me, uh, I'm going to say that Edwards will beat uh, Bilal because he was beating him in that first fight before the eye poke. (laughs) And I think I'm going to agree with Mookie here that Rachmanov will be next and Rachmanov will lift that belt right off Leon. Um, Rachmanov is super durable. His technique is pretty goddamn good, especially for a guy that doesn't have years and years and years in the sport. Um, he, he's fairly fresh still. So I'm looking at him and he he fights like a much more experienced fighter than he is. But I, I just cannot get over how violent he is and how durable he is at the same time. So, yep. I, I am going to be right along with Mookie and picking Rachmanov. Now let's get to lightweight. What do we see? Well, normally I would say because it's lightweight, we don't have dominant champions that they get. To, well, of course, Khabib was dominant in his defenses, but in terms of number of defenses, like nobody gets six, seven, eight title defenses at lightweight ever. Um, Makachev got the win over Volkanovski barely the first time, and then he knocks him out in the rematch, which was makeshift, right? Because it was supposed to be him and Oliveira again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Oliveira is fighting Sarukian. Makachev is fighting 
I mean, it's got to be Gaethje, right? So, I mean, there's no other options. Mm-hmm. And I love Justin Gaethje. That's, a, that's basically going to be the Khabib fight all over again. And that means he's going to tap. Mm-hmm. So that, that gives you that like, win over Gaethje, and then he'd fight the Oliveira Sarukian winner. I will say, if anybody can beat him, it's actually Sarukian. Yep, yep. Because their first fight was super competitive, and mm-hmm. people kind of for, forgotten that. But Sarukian was, is, is the exact type of matchup where he can grapple with Makachev at, at a very competitive and high pace, I might add. And he's got that, that striking power, too. I mean, look mm-hmm. what he just did to Dariush. Yep. Um, so if anybody knocks off Makachev, it's going to be Sarukian. But I think Makachev will, will see to it that he keeps the belt at 155. Victor. I... I wholeheartedly agree. I think Sarukian takes it and he keeps it to the end of the year. I think Makachev will be the champ at the end of the year, but only because I think that after he, um, who's he fighting next? I'm sorry. I just totally had a brain fart. Uh, Gaethje probably, right? We're assuming Gaethje. Right. So we're thinking Gaethje. I think he will fight Gaethje or I don't think, um, he, they're going to make him wait until the winner of of Oliveira and Saruki, and I really don't. So I, I think that you're r- right on the money with Gaethje. So I'm going to say that he fights Gaethje, he wins, and then he does a fight again this year. So I'm going to say Makachev will still have his belt at the end of the year. So, all right, let's get to featherweight. Hmm. Hmm. I am... It's, it's, I'm tempted to say Tapuria can get Volkanovski because if he doesn't, I'd say Volkanovski has pretty much cleared the division out. I mean, he's beaten Holloway every time. He's beaten Yair soundly. He beat Ortega. It was a great fight, but I don't think Ortega's, I mean, Ortega's fighting Yair next month or whenever, right? So mm-hmm. forget him. Arnold Allen is, he's, he's booked and for this weekend's card. And I don't think he's got the capability to beat Volkanovski. So that leaves you with Tapuria because Volkanovski, um, against Emmett is, is, I think we know how that would end. And then Volkanovsky against Cater, Chikadze, I, I just feel like Volkanovsky has, has been so good at that weight class. There are not a lot of challenges for him. I believe that Volkanovsky will stay as champion, but I feel like this is his last year, both for staying at 145 and also just being unstoppable at 145. Victor. So you're telling me you don't have any love whatsoever for Bryce Mitchell? Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're really saying? All right, fine. Yeah, I think Ilya might actually get it. And if he doesn't get him this time, he'll probably get it by the end of the year. I mean, at some point, he's. I don't really see anybody else as the heir apparent. So I'm going with Ilya. Have y'all ever looked at where he hails from, Alexander Volkanovsky? It's a place called Wollongong. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wollongong, Australia. I love that. There you go. Wollongong. That's a cool name. I like that. <laughs> okay, so I'm here on his wiki page because I wanted to know how old he is and when he has his next birthday. Volkanovsky will turn 36 in September. Mm. He's That's... had some long, drawn-out battles, too. And I'm thinking that that... You know, that wear and tear. And then he was a rugby player before that. There's a lot of wear and tear on that five foot six inch body. I think that especially him wanting to be active all the time. Oh, man. 
I don't know. I I'm I'm gonna go ahead and take the nest heat plunge and say it's gonna be Topuria. There's no way he's five foot six. This is some Ron DeSantis shoe lift bullshit. There's no <laughs> way. No way he's five foot six. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's Fuck five foot here. six. You kidding me on this recording here? Lying to me. Don't do this to me, woman. <laughs> All right. Who's uh, who's gonna have it at bantamweight? Starting with you, Mookie. This depends entirely on whether or not they actually book Devolish Philly against O'Malley. Because I think O'Malley will beat Marlon Vera in a rematch. Yes. Um, yes. People may not be big fans of O'Malley, but you can't deny that he hits hard. He is a very precise striker. and He's he got great better. fight IQ, too. He knows when to take his foot off the gas, when to apply the gas. He knows when to change levels. That dude has good fight IQ. Yes, and, and he's got very good speed, too, which is why I think Sterling had such a hard time dealing with him. And by the way, Sterling at 145 against Cater, uh, that's a tough fight, but I don't think Sterling would have anything for Volkanovski either. I, I think there there's some limitations to Sterling's game that would prevent him from being champ at 145. Um, but back at 135, I think O'Malley beats Farah, but if they give Philly that title shot finally, mm-hmm. Philly. He, he can be had in terms of, of just getting hit with some shots, but it seems like he can take a shot. Mm-hmm. And he's indefatigable in terms of getting him to, to stop trying to wrestle you. Mm-hmm. I mean, his his style is is pure energizer money, and we've seen that it can work over 90 minutes. Like We've never seen Petr Jan just worn out like that before. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Devalish Philly to be champion at the end of 2024. Again, the caveat, if they book that fight. You get no caveats here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this is the only fight in the top five that I think he he, he would lose. Like he already beat Jan, mm-hmm. kind of controversially, but I think he could beat Cejudo. I think he would beat Sanhagen, and I believe he's going to beat Vera. A wild card here would be Davis and Figueredo, but like they're giving him Cody Garbrandt, so that's not the type of fight you would take to say title shot coming soon. Um, just curious, have you ever watched that uh, O'Malley Jan fight a second time? Because I have, and it it was a lot. Um, it was an eye opener because I, I started paying attention a little more and um, I could see an argument for, for Sean Wynn in that fight. I and th- When I watched it the first time, I was absolutely certain Jan won it. But when I watched it the second time, I could see the argument. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. have any. I had no doubt. I had no doubt. I had Sean winning it the first time around. So, yeah. Uh, mm, does he keep the belt, though? I don't know, man. I think. Hmm. I mean, at this point, Marab, can Marab stop him? Can he control him? I'm not 100% sure. I think he's certainly going to try. But um, I t- does does Vera really not have it for him in a rematch? Nope. Is he, is he really falling off like that? Maybe, right? I don't know. Uh, I just don't really feel confident in saying that Sean is going to keep the belt, though. I think maybe, maybe Marab takes it. But I'm not feeling too comfortable. So I'll just side with you guys. Okay, with him because I'm taking. I'm sorry, with 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 Mookie. Yeah, because I'm I'm taking O'Malley to keep the belt. So. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant, I meant that O'Malley keeps it. Yes. Oh, okay, all right. Well, then you're siding with me this time. I'm siding with you. Wait, I thought (laughs) he said something else. I what am I doing today? I'm I'm a mess. (laughs) All right. I am a mess. Let's talk about flyweight. That'd be you, Mookie. Nobody's taking that belt off of Pantoja. Uh, not no chance, no way in hell. Um, I, we we got to see him and Moreno fight again, don't we? Mm-hmm. And I, and to be genuinely to, to be genuine here, I think Moreno could get him 
the millionth time because Tantillo just seems to have his number. He's what three and zero. Yeah. Beat him twice, and did he? Didn't they fight on um, Ultimate Fighter too? Yes. So yeah, he 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 knows how to how to beat him. But that last fight was so close and so awesome. Um, Albazi just pulled out of the uh, out yep. of that Mexico City card, didn't he? Yep. And and um, Roy Val's in. Yeah, and, and Roy Val's in, and Roy Val, that was not a very good performance against Pantoja. You can't have takedown defense at, like, Darren Till Condit level right. and, and, and be a champion. Uh, so I think that Pantoja is going to keep that belt. I think he'll fight Moreno again, and it'll be another classic, but I think Pantoja will, will get the W. Like, as far as contenders, um, we'll see if Mikhaev can make his way up the ranks. He can't rule out Nikolao as long as he has a fight that doesn't get canceled again, and then... Huh. I, I don't think Kara France is going to be a, a title contender again. So I think Pantoja is going to keep the belt. I want to see what happens if Horiguchi can wiggle his way free mm-hmm. and make his way back to the UFC. That's what that I would want change. To know. That would change some things. Yeah, but since that's not a, uh, a reality, at least not yet, I guess, yeah, I guess that Pantoja keeps it. Yep, I'm going to agree. Pantoja keeps it. All right, let's go over to women's bantamweight. Look. Oh, that exists. We still have that. We do, but fortunately, oh. we don't have featherweight. So, ha ha. Or do we? Do we? Did we? Ha- did we ever have one for real, though? <laughs> <laughs> they unofficially killed off that division, right? Because yeah, Nunes retired. So. There, there have been like two women's featherweight fights, perhaps, yeah. but it's just to fill up the card. Exactly. So, we're just gonna look at bantamweight and uh, fly and straw. So, let's yeah, take well, a look at bantam. Well, bantamweight, nobody's won it. No, nobody's won it until this right. weekend. Unless, of course, you have a no contest or a draw. But uh, I guess Bueno Silva would be my pick to, to to win it. As far as keeping the title, her against Juliana Pena would be interesting, I suppose. This division is just depressing. Mm-hmm. Holly Holm being number six. I guess Ketlin Vieira can, can hang around and Vieira could be a title contender. But... I guess Bueno Silva, because I like her 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 clinch game so much, and her ability to to snap submissions, I think Bueno Silva will will hold the belts through the end of one thirty through the end of the year. But I'm not saying that with great confidence because this division just it's so blocked compared to the other two divisions. Victor. Yeah, Juliana should get the belt at some point during the year, but given her propensity to have certain brain farts in some matches, Myra can catch her with something. So I think she ends up with the belt in the end. So Bueno Silva for you. Yes. Okay, same for me. All right, let's get to women's strawweight. Is Grasso keeping the belt? I think you mean flyweight. I mean, sorry, flyweight. Excuse me. (laughs) I'm uh, brain farting again here. Well, of course, Grasso was was a contender at strawweight, but it's worked out brilliantly for a flyweight. <laughs> I think I said last year that Blanchfield could be the one to to be uh, the champion very yes. soon, and that was before Shevchenko ever beat ever, ever lost to Grasso. Yes. So I'm going to stick with that and say that Blanchfield would will win the title at the end of the year. I think that Shevchenko's finally hitting her decline, mm-hmm. and it's to the. But the good news is, is unlike 135. There are some names here. You got Blanchfield. You got Fior. Um, Jessica Andrade is always going to hang around, even as she takes ridiculously tough fights over and over again. Macy Barber has, has improved significantly from from how she was when she was way overhyped. So I, I'm going to go with Blanchfield to win the belt. All right, Victor. Mm, I think Alexa keeps it. I think maybe the Fioro will probably be the biggest threat for her right now, but I think Alexa keeps it. I think Blanchfield is more of a threat than Fior because Fior is um, 
a lot of her fights, she just barely edges them out. And some some, some argument can be made that the other girl won, but um, I'm going to stick with Blanchfield as well. I think Blanchfield has a very high ceiling, a champion ceiling. So I'm going to go with Blanchfield. Now we're going to get to Straw. It's Miss Whaley keeping it. Yes, I think she beats Yan Zhaonan. And then I guess... She she fought Amanda Limos, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yes. and and I'm pretty sure that was a a beating, and and Limos mm-hmm. uh, ended up losing in a one sided fight. Mm-hmm. But if there's anybody who I think could beat Zhang Weili in in the top of 115, it'd be um, Tatiana Suarez. Mm. I think as far as has knocked, has got nothing for Zhang Weili. So it, it would give, it would it would be an awesome story for Suarez, given how long she'd been out, mm. with dealing with her injuries. So I think it's going to be. Zhang to keep the belt, but Suarez would be very much in, in the running to, to unseat Zhang Weili as champion. All right. So now we're going to get into UFC 297. All right. We have seven fights that we're going to look at. I know a lot of people looked at this card and said, oh, it's weak. It's weak. Kind of, yes, as far as name value, but as far as good fights, fights that, you know, really work for me, I found seven of them that I liked on this card. So we're going to start with Jillian Robertson versus Poliana Viana at Strawweight. Mookie, we're going to go to you first. I think this is an easy fight to figure out. It's either Jillian Robertson is strong enough to outgrapple Poliana Viana or she isn't and she loses. Fiona just lost her last fight by submission, and I think we kind of know Robertson's style has a hard ceiling as far as who she can and cannot beat. I think her style is tailor-made to beat Fiona, so I think she gets a submission win in front of her home fans. Yeah. Uh, Victor? Fully agree. It's Robertson by submission yet again, and she will be smoking another joint majestically. Huh. We are all in agreement. All right. Next up, we're going to look at Brad Katona versus Garrett Armfield. This one... This one's going to be a banger. Yeah, that Bracketona Cody Gibson fight was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually enjoyed a good chunk of the fights on the, on the, uh, the tough mm-hmm. this last season of The Ultimate Fighter. And it wasn't just because Connor was what was the worst coach ever, or at least right in the, right up there with Rampage for worst coach ever, but like the mm-hmm. fights were actually good. And a, a good number of those fighters probably should be on the UFC roster anyway and shouldn't have had to go through tough in the first place. Armfield, well, we've seen him fight two times, right? And he lost to David Onana and uh, probably out of his weight class. And then the second fight, he beat some some guy. I think Katona, is his striking was, was something that I think is markedly improved. And I believe he'll be able to stop Armfield's takedowns. And he can also hit takedowns himself. So I go, I'm going to go with Katona by decision. All right. How about you, Victor? Yeah, I'm signing with Brad Katona, sure. Yep, I am as well. Okay, next up, we get uh, Arnold Allen versus Mokhaev. Um, I'm taking... Oh, sorry. I was about to say... I mean, that would be interesting because that's that's way out of his weight class. (gasps) What's that? That'd be way out of his weight class. Flyweight up to featherweight? I think he meant Evloev. Evloev, excuse me. Why am I saying... I have Mokhaev on the brain because you mentioned him earlier. Uh, Evloev, excuse me. So, Mozar Evloev, you know what? I think he's really good, but... I got to take Arnold Allen here. I, I know it's not my turn, but I, I'm really excited to see Arnold Allen fighting again. 
I like that Allen fight. He lost it, clearly. But the way he performed against Holloway was pretty good. Right. Um, my reservation about him in this fight is it's been a while since he's fought a dude who is going to be a serious takedown threat. So, like, Dan Hooker, not going to be shooting takedowns. Holloway is not going to be shooting takedowns. And he didn't in their fight. Um, so you got to go back to Nick Lentz. And that's not an upper echelon fighter. And maybe the next person would be Mads Burnell. And Burnell was, I think, winning that fight up until Allen choked him out in the last round. So Evloev, he's a good striker. But my concern with him is he's not a high-volume striker. And that could cost him rounds if he cannot get takedowns against Allen. But if he can get Allen to the ground, his top position is, is, is outstanding. Mm. Just that he's not a prolific finisher. And Allen is not a dude who you can just run over. So I think Evloev wins this. But this is going to be a, a trademark a 29-28 type of fight where Allen is going to have his moments, but Evlov is going to do just enough to win. All right. I'm still sticking with Allen. How about you, Victor? I'm going with Allen as well. I mean, Evlov can probably take Allen down. I don't see him keeping him there. You know, at least not enough to do anything significant. I think that's where Allen's going to be able to, you know, just recover and do some more work. So I'm going with Arnold Allen. All right. Next up, we get Chris Curtis versus Mark Andre Barrio. This isn't the greatest fight, but uh, as far as divisional movement, we could see some here. Mark Andre Barrio is trying to get into the rankings. Chris Curtis is already there. Um, I just, you know, I think Chris Curtis is going to win, but I really hope it's Barrio because I can't stand Curtis. So, uh, Mookie, how are you going on this one? I think Canada's in for a good night. I'm going to go with Barrio. And he didn't start his UFC career all that well. And lately, he's been a hell of a lot better. I think he took a loss a couple of fights ago, but he's also been pretty entertaining to watch, which is why I think this could be a fight of the night contender given Curtis's style. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can dish out punishment, but he can also be vulnerable to to big shots Mm -hmm. in return. So I think that Burial is going to get this and it's going to be a back and forth thriller. That'll be, this is on the main card for a reason. It's a real crowd pleaser. I don't see a future contender in either one of them. And I'm actually kind of surprised Curtis is even ranked, but it is middleweight after all. I'm going to go with Burial to win. Okay. How about you, Victor? I'm going to have to agree. I don't know if Chris is, I'm not saying that his heart isn't in it anymore, but when you're losing the current day, Kelvin Gastelum, the way he did, I don't, I don't know. I can really trust him. I forgot some... all about that fight. Jesus Christ. I'm going with Barrio. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I'm I'm going with Barrio, man. He's finally looking like the dude that he was when he was in uh, TKO and, you know, the guy that the UFC was hyped about when he brought him in. So, Nice to see him turn his stuff around and getting two in a row. He might make a three, and I'm going to bet on that. All right. So we're all going to go with Barrio. Uh, next up, we got Neil Magny taking on Mike Malott. I really like Mike Malott a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting all week to drop that jab. <laughs> you know, when I saw him on there, I could not wait to get here today so we could do this. <laughs> Mookie, do you like Mike Malott a lot? <laughs> Yeah, I do a hell of a lot more than than 2024 Neil Magny. Right. And like years ago, this would be one of those where, hey, it's Neil Magny against an up and coming fighter. I guess I'm going to go with Neil Magny to to show him what's what and grind out a decision. Magny looked awful against mm-hmm. um, Machado, Gary. And I, I think that Malat, his 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 chokes are so slick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he yeah. walks onto them quickly. I remember the, the one he got in Contender Series. That, that was a as tight a joke as you could get in next to no time at all. And he's a finisher. And if there's been any problem with Magny is 
guys who are serious submission threats who are capable of, of grappling with him, Magni has been run over before mm-hmm. plenty of times. So I'm going to go with Malat by sub. Me too. How about you, Victor? You know what's funny? That if Magni wins, the headline's going to be Malat loses the plot. That, <laughs> that's that's what we're going to do. His favorite movie, The Sandline. I could do this shit all day. I do weddings and bar mitzvah, and I do hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm going with Mike Malat. Man, look, Neil Magni's such a tough... Like, God, his fights, we've complained about this every single time. It's such a tough thing to pick because, like, sometimes you can't really trust him, but then he finds some of these younger prospects to feast on and just take... And, and Malat is not exactly the youngest. I mean, this dude's been fighting for close to a decade. But, I mean, come on, man. I, <laughs> I don't know how much... I don't know, man. I, I, I'm pretty sure Magni might win this, but I'm going to pick against him regardless. Yeah, I'm going with Mike Malott, too. And now, every time I look at him, all I see is him walking down the the little, um, coming out of that, that little hallway from, from the locker rooms and the whole um, barricade falling over with all those fans that fell over oh, on him. God. Mm. Yeah. That's every time I see his name. Now I see him walking out with all those fans trying to slap his hand and then falling all over themselves on the ground. <laughs> but anyways, I got to take him a lot. That dude is, um, wow. Talk about violence on two legs. That's him. So we get to the co-main event. Raquel Pennington versus Myra Bueno Silva. We all picked who we were going to say was going to be at the end of the year, the champ. We all picked Myra Bueno Silva. So I'm assuming we're picking her to win. Yes. And I'm just hoping the crowd can stay awake because this could be a terrible fight. It's going to be a terrible fight. it's mostly because of Pennington's history of of less than stellar fights because this is going to be in the clinch a lot, I would think. The thing is, is every woman that's going to face Raquel Pennington says the same thing. I'll be the one to make it exciting and not a single one has been able to achieve that. I mean, Rocky goes to decision all the time. She has two finishes in nine years. Jesus Christ. That's terrible odds at a finish here, at least on her part. I'm I'm hoping Myra Bueno Silva can get it done, but I honestly think this is going to be the longest, most grueling five rounds that we have to endure this year. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Myra on this one. I mean, Rocky's got a lot of grit, a lot of tenacity, does some really good things very well, but I don't know, man. Myra's just crafty, and she's got a better finishing instinct. All right, so we get to the main event. Here we are. Mookie, what do you see? I had to watch the Duplessis-Whitaker fights, and if I can give props to Duplessis as a fighter is how much stronger he was than Whitaker because the, the way that he took him down mm-hmm. who, who just that's not how we normally see Whitaker Whitaker hardly hits is on his back in those in, in with those types of takedowns but he is strong he is powerful and he's aggressive now could that get him countered a bunch by Strickland sure but when Strickland has got offense coming back at him he, he's not always like an he's not an indestructible figure so it's just it's it's mystifying how Duplessis' game actually works. Like, it shouldn't work. And yeah. it probably works in only three weight class, and they happen to be 185 and up. And I feel like even though Strickland is the much more technical fighter, and by that I mean he throws the same combination over and over again, 
um, I think Duplessis is capable of just wearing Strickland down and maybe landing a big shot to get a knockout. I oh, you go ahead first, Victor. Yeah, I think uh, I think Drake is probably gets him. I don't know how. And I don't know exactly, you know, to to what uh, to what degree he'll be able to uh, come close to a finish. But I think he probably, I think he takes it off of Sean. Sean's looking kind of vulnerable, man. He had the right game plan against Adesanya. He did well against Abusepian, and he, you know, he racked up all those wins and everything. But I think at this point, he's been figured out too. He seems vulnerable. He's in, you know, allegedly better shape and everything now, but I, oh, I don't know. I don't buy it, man. I don't think this has any real longevity. So I'm going to go with Drickus. I'm going with Drickus because um, I uh, think that he's, as Wookie said, strong as an ox. I, I know his striking is wild as shit, but his grappling is pretty on point. I just watched a video of him beating an entire Gracie Barra team all of them by submission, might I add, four dudes. And I don't think that he's going to finish Sean, though. I think this is going to go to a decision, and, and Drickus is just going to outpoint him, outmuscle him. I think it's going to be a lot of takedowns. I don't think he submits him, though, because Sean's got a pretty good uh, jujitsu game. So I, I'm not going to give him any submissions here. I just think he's going to. Uh, I'll point him and it's probably going to be something 49, 46, 47, 48, something along those lines. But yep, I'm going to take DDP as well. So there we have it. Uh, Mookie is going with Jillian Robertson, Brad Katona, Movsar Ivloev, Marc-Andre Barrio, Mike Malat, Myra Bueno Silva, Andrikas Duplessis. I am going... Uh, Exactly the same, except I am taking Arnold Allen. And Victor is going exactly the same, except he is also picking Arnold Allen. So only one pick difference between us. Now, for our subscribers, our paid subscribers, you guys stick around. We have some headlines coming up. Well, a big headline that we're going to discuss at length. Um, and if you're not a paid subscriber, please think about doing that. You help us so much and we're independent now. So we live and breathe off of your subscription. So please, and thank you. And we'll be right back. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.